Welcome to episode 35 of the Preaching Donkey podcast. It's so awesome to have you joining me today. We are going to talk about outlining the sermon today. This is one of the most crucial parts of the sermon prep process, and we're going to get into that more in just a second. If you're new here, my name is Lane. I am your humble host. This is the Preaching Donkey podcast. Every single Thursday, we show up with a new tip or trick or strategy or tactic to help you preach more effectively and with more impact than ever before. We've been helping preachers over at preachingdonkey.com for seven years now. This started back in 2014. And so we're just excited to be carrying on the tradition here. So if you're new and you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment below, and let me know what you think about today's episode. If you're listening on Spotify or Pandora or iHeartRadio or wherever you're listening, it's so awesome to have you listening. Be sure to leave a review, especially if it's a five-star review. We definitely appreciate those. And they help for other pastors to find this content and get this kind of help as well. So today we are continuing in a series where we're going through 10 steps. We're calling it the 10 step sermon prep checklist for effective sermon prep. And this is just a simple, easy kind of 10 things that you need to do with every sermon to make sure that it's ready to go and it's ready to preach. And you can actually get this checklist in your hands for free if you want. You go to preachingdonkey.com slash checklist and you can download it for free there. And that will just kind of, you can stick it next to your computer when you prepare a message. You can have it in your Bible. And it just kind of gives you, these are the 10 things that I need to make sure I do every single time I prepare a sermon. So again, preachingdonkey.com slash checklist. So part one, we talked about determining your topic, title, and hook. And then in part two, which was last week, we looked at digging into scripture and how that's different when we're preparing a sermon, we're studying the Bible differently than if we're just doing it for personal devotion. Today, we're going to look at outlining the sermon. Now, the sermon outline is a really important part of this process. The way that you outline the sermon is it kind of builds the structure and it builds the skeleton for how the rest of the sermon is going to go. Uh, and in other words, when you're preparing your message, the outline kind of gives you a framework, right? That's why I like to call it a skeleton or a framework for where things are going to be organized in your message. So we spent a lot of time digging into scripture. We did observation, interpretation, and application. So we asked the question, what is this text saying? What does this text mean? And what do I do with it? How does it work? Observation, interpretation, application. So there's a whole body of, of research content that we have in front of us. If you do this right <clears throat> from your sermon, from your Bible study, you're going to look down and have a lot, like a wealth of information in front of you, whether it's in a Word doc or you've got it in some kind of, you know, in your Evernotes or you handwrite it, whatever the case, you're going to have a lot of notes. So the question is, how do you take that body of content and turn it into a sermon? And that's where the outline comes in. And that's why it's so important. And there's three main questions that you want to ask when you're building your outline. The first question is, what is the bottom line? This is the idea of what is this sermon about? Like, what is the point of the sermon? If, if you had to drill it down to one sentence, one phrase, one statement, 
that was memorable and sticky and gave the essence of what this message was about, what would that statement be? That's called a bottom line, or in some cases, a big idea, or a main idea, or the main point. I really like the method that Andy Stanley outlines in his book, Communicating for a Change, where you're essentially preaching one-point sermons called the bottom line. Everything kind of anchors on the bottom line. I have a lot more about this in my book, uh, Become a Preaching Ninja. But the essence of it is that if you can drill your sermon down to one phrase or one sentence that communicates the bulk of what you're trying to communicate, people will walk away from your message remembering the point, right? If instead you don't have a bottom line, you don't have a main idea, but you just have a series of points that are somewhat disconnected and just kind of a walkthrough of the text, People might remember one or maybe two ideas, but they won't remember the idea that you want them to remember unless you're intentional about it. And that's where the bottom line comes in. So what I like to do is I like to figure out, okay, what is this, what is the the point of this message? What am I trying to say exactly? And say that, and then my points are going to bolster and support the bottom line. So if you think about it, a bottom line in a message is like the the hinge of the door. Everything swings on the hinge. Without the hinge, the, the door is, it just kind of would, you could prop it up against the threshold and the door frame, but it's not gonna be useful as a door. It needs the hinge, and that's where the bottom line is. Or an anchor in a boat, right? What anchors the boat in place is the anchor, right? The, the bottom line anchors the sermon in place, and so, everything kind of circles back to that bottom line. So when you're trying to select a bottom line, you really want to dig into the bottom line or the main point of the text that you're speaking through. Now, this goes back to last week where I talked about making sure that your sermon is based on and derived from the text. You don't wanna be giving your opinion, you wanna be giving scripture. So the bottom line is to mine through all of what you studied and say, what is the bottom line, the main point, the main idea from this text that I want to communicate in this sermon? Very often, you could have the same passage that you emphasize different points on. And so maybe for one sermon, your bottom line is something over here. And for another sermon, your bottom line is something completely over there. I'll give you an example. In John 4, Jesus with the woman at the well, I've heard that taught in a few different ways. One way that I've heard that taught is worship, the idea of, of worship that he said the, the people will worship in spirit and in truth. And he's teaching her through talking about the well about worship. In other, ca- in other cases, I've heard people teach that passage as a way of talking about life change and forgiveness because he gave her a second chance and said, go. And, uh, and what she ended up doing was going, taking that message and taking that message into a, uh, into her town and village and speaking about this person who, whose name is Jesus. Right? So 
I've heard it talked about forgiveness that this woman who had five five husbands and the man he, he she was with isn't her husband. God still used her. I've heard it talk about worship. I've heard people talk about the evangelism aspect because she was her life was changed because of her interaction with Jesus, and she can go tell others now about that. So that's just one example of one text that might have several different <clears throat> ways of structuring a sermon around it, and all of them are right. And you, my suggestion is don't try to do everything in one sermon. I would pick one of those. So I've taught on that passage on worship. And the series, I think, was called Why Worship or Worship Matters. It was something like that. And I did two or three weeks just on that story in John 4 where I might have tacitly mentioned the evangelism aspect, might have tacitly mentioned the forgiveness and God can still use you aspect. And the main thrust of it was on the worship aspect of that passage, that Jesus was teaching this woman who was trying to find all of her satisfaction and all these different things, what living water was like. That there is a living water that would satisfy her more than any of these other things that she was trying to derive satisfaction from, which is what worship really is. Worship is where we are taking something that is does, uh, or false worship, I should say, idolatry is when we take something that doesn't satisfy and we thrust our adoration, we, we worship it, essentially. We treat it as if it's a functional savior, hoping that it will save us, that it will nurture us, that it will feed us in some way, and we are left empty. And Jesus comes along and says, there's actually a living water that never leaves you uh, unsatisfied, that always quenches your thirst. And that when you worship the Father, you get that living water. So again, my point in saying all of that is that when I'm teaching through something like John 4, I'm going to decide, okay, Here's the story. It's a narrative. There's lots of truths I could pull out of this, but the bottom line is going to have something to do with worship. Now, move on to the next question, which is what are the points? The points are all going to be derived back from the bottom line. I'm going to go revisit my bottom line, and then as I walk through the passage, I'm going to be pulling out one or two or three, maybe four points that support the bottom line and are derived from the passage. Again, I'm always revisiting my bottom line because that's the thing that I want people to walk away with. I want them to connect this bottom line, this main point, this main idea to the text and then how it applies. And we'll talk more about points in uh, next week where we talk about building out the content and I'll talk about what you need to do with each point. But for outlining, <clears throat> you want to walk through the passage and just kind of try to see what are the points that I want to draw out of this text that are going to help bolster and support the bottom line? And then finally, how will I build tension and create interest? So when I'm outlining a sermon, I love to try to figure out where's the tension, where's the question, where's the problem, where is the rub that people have that all of us can relate to, that all of us have experienced, and how can I tease that and aggravate that at the beginning of the message and then point to the text, point to the scripture, point to the bottom line that we're deriving out of the text as the solution to the problem, as the answer to the question, uh, so that people are, during the beginning of the message, people are on the hook saying, yes, I've experienced that, I know what that's like, and then the sermon is going to 
show them what God has to say about that issue. What this does is it gives people a, a lens every single week into how the Bible speaks to real life. And it also kind of indirectly, or maybe in some cases directly, teaches people to go to the scriptures for answers, to go to the scriptures for solutions, uh, rather than everywhere else, right? Because all day, every day, everybody's told, do this to solve your problem, do that to find your answers. So when you show up at your church and you stand in front of people and you say, hey, this is an issue we all face. Let's look and see what the scripture says. It helps people kind of have that framework for dealing with their own problems. So going back to the woman at the well, I might start a sermon out on that, talking about all the different things that we look to for satisfaction, right? Which is easy to do. I might talk about sports. I might talk about certain addictions. I might talk about relationships. And we put all this kind of weight on the person that we are into, hoping that, you know, they'll marry us or they'll find us interesting. And when these kind of things fall down, right? When they don't work or when they when they fail to satisfy us in ways that only God can, we're left going, well, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? Well, here's a woman who experienced that and Jesus had a message for her and he has the same message for us today. And that goes into the bottom line about worship, about living water, whatever, however I would craft that. And then I have the points to support that and I'm building tension and creating interest all along the way, not just at the beginning of the message, but all throughout, because that's what keeps people interested in hearing the next thing I'm gonna say. You cannot separate the human communication aspect of this from the Bible teaching aspect. You cannot assume that because you're standing in front of people with a Bible in your hand, right? Whether it's a physical Bible or your phone or your iPad or whatever, you cannot assume that because you have a microphone strapped to your face and a Bible in your hand, that people are listening. You have to assume that some are, but some aren't. And if you want those people who aren't listening to listen, you have to give them a reason. And that's where building tension and creating interest comes in. And the way you do that is you relate to them with something that they feel and they understand, and then you directly tie that to the scripture that you're going through, the points that you're making, the bottom line that you have. And it shows people week after week after week that if you pay attention, Jesus speaks to this. The Holy Spirit speaks to this. God has spoken about this in his word, and that makes an impact on people's lives, and it makes a difference. And it leads to life-changing sermons, which is what we're all about here at Preaching Donkey. So that's number three, outline the sermon. So this week, focus on those three things. What's the bottom line? What are my points, and how are they gonna support and bolster the bottom line? And how am I gonna build tension and create interest? Those are your three questions for this week. Definitely go grab the checklist at preachingdonkey.com slash checklist so you can work through all of these steps. And I'll see you back here next week for part four, which is gonna be building out the content. As I said, we're gonna dive even more into the points and what to do with them when you're teaching through them. So thank you so much for watching, for listening. I'll see you next week here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Mm -hmm.